we'd like to welcome you to our study entitled Imminent ET Disclosure and World Government. And uh, before we get into the main part of the study, just some Bible verses to kind of set the tone. Proverbs, actually chapter 1, starting at verse 20, reads, Wisdom crieth without, she uttereth her voice in the streets. So this is wisdom crying out that we're in regard to. And it's kind of sets the stage for the rest of the verses. She crieth in the chief place of the concourse, in the opening openings of the gates, in the city she uttereth her words, saying, How long, ye simple ones, will ye love simplicity? Now, in this regard, the simple, with uh, as far as the underlying Hebrew meaning, means naive or foolish. Okay, if you look up that word, um, the Hebrew derivative, it means naive or foolish. So, how long will ye simple ones love? Will ye love simplicity? Uh, or, in other words, you could say, how long will the foolish love foolishness? Essentially. And the scorners delight in their scorning. <clears throat> in that regard, scorn means to talk arrogantly, to boast, to mock, to deride. And then the last part, it says, and fools hate knowledge. Fools hate knowledge. True knowledge. I mean, obviously there's a lot of knowledge. But in this regard, we're talking about wisdom crying out. So this is true knowledge we're dealing with here. <clears throat> So that's the mark of a fool, to hate knowledge. Verse 23, Turn you at my reproof, wisdom talking here. In other words, reproof meaning correction. Trying to get us, wisdom's trying to get us to turn to her correction. Turn you at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you, I will make known my words unto you. Because I have called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, and no man regarded. But, I, but ye have set at naught all my counsel, and would none of you my reproof. Now, we're living in the most deceptive time the world's ever known. The end times that we're in, the Bible talks about this. On many occasions, Jesus Christ said, regarding this time, be not deceived. One of the main things to to do is to not be deceived, to, to not be deceived with seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, those speaking lies and hypocrisy, who have their conscience seared with a hot iron, that type of thing, 1 Timothy 4.1, uh, 2 Timothy 3.13, evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's basically the <clears throat> just a descriptor of the times we're living in and moving into. So, uh, these verses would, would apply to this time period about as much as any that we've ever known. And obviously, if you've tried to deal with people about a lot of the issues we get into on a week-to-week -week basis, you're typically going to come against total resistance. During the headlights, look, you might get... Um, who knows what reaction you might get, but that's kind of the norm. <clears throat> so... Wisdom says, but ye have said it not all my counsel, and with none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your fear cometh. Now, the, the subject we're going to be getting into today, would, I really think that when this goes down, the whole 
ET disclosure, there's been a lot of things that have happened very recently, even in the last week that's been released, that um, really point that some type of disclosure is coming. Whether it's in the next week, month, year, I can't say for sure. I'm not a date setter. But obviously we're closer now than we've ever been. And I think a lot of the fear is going to stem from this issue. Because people, particularly ones that call themselves Christians, that are uneducated about this, have just blown it off, had their pastors blown it off, oh no, and nothing's ever going to become of this, even though Hollywood has spent trillions, probably, promoting this. Even though, I mean, you could go on and on and on about all of the things that have been done in, our, in the world at large to promote this concept of ET, alien disclosure, the whole UFO subject, and how it figures into the end time scenario, how it figures into the Bible, how it figures into the false prophet and the antichrist coming. Um, it's all part of that end time agenda. <clears throat> but I believe people deep down are very, most people that will call themselves Christians are afraid of the eventuality of this actually happening and they've just chosen to set it aside and not deal with it. And I think they're going to be the ones that, that crumble potentially the worst when this all happens. Because they're not going to have an answer. Uh, they're, they're going to uh, look at their pastors and say, why didn't you, how does this figure into the Bible? Why didn't you warn us about this? And it's going to go on and on and on. And I think that's all been set up by design, by world government, um, for that very reason. So, I will also laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your fear cometh. When your fear cometh as desolation, and your destruction cometh as a whirlwind, when distress and anguish cometh upon you. Now, obviously, this I'm not saying this is the only reason that fear can come, or calamity could come, and this type of thing. I'm, I'm saying this is probably part of the end-time agenda, and the end-time deception. You look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. The falling away of the church, the wicked, capital W, the Antichrist being revealed. Okay? And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who receive not the love of the truth. The truth, wisdom, knowledge, understanding is all intermingled with truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So, going further, when they shall call upon me, then shall they call upon me. In other words, when this all, when all this stuff starts to go down, okay, let's say disclosure goes down in, on, maybe on the heels of World War III, on the heels of cataclysmic disasters, potentially pandemics, false flag nukes, who knows? So many things could happen. And um, the way the New World Order is going to set it up. They're bringing about their new world order out of chaos, Ordo Abkal, the motto of the 33rd degree Freemason. Taking us from the age of Aquarius into the age of Pisces through a lot of trauma, 
death. Shock and awe. To bring about their new world order. And this is going to be part of it. Then shall they call upon me. So when it gets really, really bad, okay, that's when these Christians I've mentioned will call upon him, and they call themselves Christians. Uh, but I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated, for that they hated knowledge. The Bible says in Second Thessalonians 2, they received not the love of the truth. That was true knowledge, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. For that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. That's another big one. There's no real fear of the Lord in the average modern day 501c3 corporate institution. There's just not. God's talked about like, you know, the big guy in the sky these types of things, and <clears throat> fear of the Lord isn't preached on very much as well. So, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. So, see, the fear of the Lord is connected with this whole concept integrally. And when I started praying for the fear of the Lord, I was shown a lot of the other things that I teach on to this day. But before that, my eyes really weren't that open. I really wasn't that up on start to embrace the fear of the Lord and a lot of these other things will start to fall in place. So, for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof. Now obviously I'm not just talking about the alien agenda here. Okay, the, the true counsel of God is the word of God, which is where I always try to always point people. I'm also trying to clearly identify what is this end time deception agenda that is coming at us, that the Bible talks about in the New Testament and in Revelations and in Daniel. What what are the signs of these things coming, and, and can we identify them? I don't. We don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. Um, these types of things, Hosea four six. We don't want to be led by our own heart because our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, according to Jeremiah seventeen nine. We don't want to trust in a man, you know. And I'm, that's why I tell people, don't trust in me. Search this stuff out for yourself. Go to the Word of God, the King James Bible in the English-speaking language. Seek these things out. We don't want to trust in man. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and that maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Jeremiah 17.5 We don't want to be ignorant of Satan's devices, lest he get an advantage of us. 2 Corinthians 2.11 So we're trying to avoid all these pitfalls that the Bible clearly identifies are going to be pitfalls, particularly in the end times. And it's going to be so bad that the Bible says the Antichrist and the false prophet are going to deceive the whole world through signs and lying wonders and miracles. That's going to be one of the main things that deceive people. That is going to be actually be the main thing. And if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Even the false prophets and these types of people, like the Bible talks about Matthew 24, 24. If it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. So, we have to be on guard. Take heed lest ye fall, that type of thing. We're not supposed to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Why? Because that's pride, and pride will blind you. Simple as that. So this is the whole reason, pretty much, for this ministry, is a watchman-type ministry, 
to warn about these types of things so that we're not taken in the snares of Satan. It's not God's will that the body of Christ be deluded and deceived and taken in the snares of Satan. And there's a lot of snares or traps out there. So, verse 30, they would none of my counsel, they despised all my reproof, therefore shall they eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with their own devices. For the turning away of the simple, or the foolish, shall slay them. The turning away from truth. You know, the Bible also talks about in Amos where there's going to be a famine, but not a famine of, of so much bread, but a famine of the word of God. And again, when you have all these perverted Bibles out there that have leavened the word of God, polluted it, which, you know, has never been truer than it is today, then that's what you, that's what you have. So then that also affects your discernment. These types of things. Um, so the turning away of the simple shall slay them. The turning away from truth, essentially. And the prosperity of fools shall destroy them. Why would that be the case? Well, because for the most part, at least in America, the church is pretty, you know, uh, it's like the Bible talks about in Revelation 3. They're lukewarm, but in God's eyes, they're blind, wretched, weak, naked, but in their eyes, they're doing pretty well. Church thinks it's doing pretty good. Well, look, we got this big, fancy church building, and fancy cars, and fancy house, and they're prosperous, but it says the prosperity of fools shall destroy them, meaning I'm not denigrating somebody that might have like a nice car or a nice house, but the thing you have to guard against if you're, let's say, prosperous or well-off is, is that blinding you? Is that causing pride to well up in you and blind you like it did the rich man, you know, several times in the Bible? Riches tend to blind us. Riches tend to, we tend to become, think, look at what I have done, self-sufficient, you know, Look at what I've built. And there's many parables Jesus talks about that type of thing. So we have to guard against that as well. Verse 33, But whoso hearkeneth unto me shall dwell in safety. Shall dwell safely, I'm sorry. And shall be quiet from the fear of evil. So hearkening unto God, crying out to God, which is a form of, obviously, humility, which is the opposite of pride that we just talked about. So, and then I saw this verse, uh, and this is kind of totally shifting gears, but I I saw this this week as I was reading the Bible, and it's Isaiah 4.4. It said, When the Lord shall have washed away the filth of the daughters of Zion, and shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof, by the spirit of judgment, and by the spirit of burning." I had to read that a couple times to really kind of, and I'm not saying I'm fully grasping it, but God's talking about here dealing with Israel, in this particular case, Jerusalem, washing away their filth of the daughters of Zion. Probably, I think you could include in here, probably a lot of sexual filth of the daughters of Zion 
that they're talking about here. And purging away the blood from Jerusalem, most likely innocent blood, probably sacrificing their babies. The Bible talks a lot about that, sacrificing the Molech, Chemosh, you know, these types of things. My comment, okay, and then it says, so the, the, the filth is washed away and the blood is washed away from the midst of Jerusalem by the spirit of judgment. So there's actually a spirit of judgment. And by the spirit of burning. Spirit of burning. My comment, this is what happens to a city or a country when there is no repentance over sin and innocent blood being shed. See, if there's no repentance, then God will do it. But when God does it, it's not the way you want it to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? Collectively as a society. You don't want it the way God's going to do it. It would be much better to repent, you know, but when that doesn't happen, and normally it doesn't, he will do so by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning. I really think that's what's coming to America. Because I don't see mass repentance. You know, I don't see that from the churches, 501c3 corporate institutions of America. I'm not saying individually there's not people that, that haven't cried out against this and and sought God's mercy and, and maybe they've uh, had problems with these areas and they've done it individually. I'm talking about collectively. It's not happening. And so we can expect God's judgment to come in that particular environment. Now, let's go ahead and get into the main part of the teaching. And this is Paul Hellyer, the former Minister of National Defense of Canada. So this isn't like some, you know, tinfoil hat wearing UFO convention kind of dude. He's the former Minister of National Defense of Canada. And I even give you his bio here, if you don't believe it. Um, he's on Wikipedia. He's got his own page. Tells his whole career. Guy's the real deal. Okay. Um, the speech was given as part of a UFO citizens hearing on disclosures that took place 429 of this year to 5-3. So this just was like a week ago. It ended. Well, a little more than a week. Okay. This was the UFO citizens hearing on disclosure. When you hear the word disclosure, um, it's pretty much synonymous with the government coming, finally going up to the microphone and saying, yes, the ETs are here, they're living among us, we're working with them, this and that, whatever, however they're going to do this. Okay. So he was there, as were many others that we're going to talk about. And during this speech, uh, and I'm going to play the first 11 minutes of it, he says at least there are he says a few different things, but I think I could surmise that there are at least four to five ET extraterrestrial species, they're saying, have visited the Earth for thousands of years and still visit the Earth. Now, I'm not saying I'm buying into all this, okay? I've done many, many teachings on this subject. UFOs, aliens, disclosure, the whole nine yards. And I'm going to give those here. Um, but I'm telling you, this is what they're saying, Okay? And when you get guys with these types of credentials stepping up to the microphone and just flat out at formal hearings like this, um, something's going to give here. 
Four to five ET species have visited um, the Earth for thousands of years and still visit. Uh, some of these are the Zeta Reticuli, the Pleiadians, the Orions, uh, as far as their types they're, they're talk, talking about. And then he goes on to say, but it could be up to 20 different ET species according to his research. He says that there's aliens called tall whites that are living on U.S. Air Force property and working with the U.S. government. I'm just covering a couple of his points. I'm going to play the first 11 minutes and then we'll go from there. His main interest, and this was right from the speech, is, quote, full disclosure. It's the reason he's coming, saying all this. He wants full disclosure of all these facts. Um, He wants full disclosure to the masses of this alien presence on planet Earth. Now, typically the reason, the main reason, if you research this, the main reason these people want full disclosure is because they want the technology. Flat out, that's what they'll tell you. They want the goodies that these supposed aliens can give us. Now, I think they've, we've already done huge exchange programs <laughs> going back to what we term as the Grenada Treaty, which I've done a whole study on. I give you the links for that. We're going to talk about that more. But that was when technology exploded in this country around that same time frame. I mean, absolutely, exponentially exploded. Is that just a big coincidence? Well, they want... They want the whole enchilada. And again, when you watch a lot of these alien-type shows, that's one of the biggest carrots they've got. Oh, yes, we've got free energy. We've got cures to all your diseases. We've got, you know, this and that. And and it's always, you know, that's, that's the biggest reason people end up, well, that in fear of what will be done to them if they don't give in to these supposed aliens. We're going to look at a lot of different aspects of this subject today, so kind of bear with me. I've covered this many, many times, but if you're a new listener, it's hard to and impossible to rehash everything I've covered probably over, I don't know, if you add up all the parts where I've talked about this, probably at least 30 parts. Um, And again, I do list a lot of the teachings I've done uh, on this. So I'm going to go ahead and enroll this video here up until about the 11 minute mark. Okay. Let's <clears throat> let's go to um, to our esteemed honorable Paul Hellyer of Canada. We would uh, give you 20 minutes, sir. Thank you very much, Mr. Chair. And okay, so this is the citizens hearing on disclosure. This this is in a very very formal I mean, it looks like a congressional meeting that just took place here. And here's Paul Paul Heller, National Canadian uh, Minister of Defense, um, and he's going to be speaking now. I'm going to have probably play the first 11 minutes here, and we'll have we'll see what he says. And, uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak, and uh, thank you, Steve, for the invitation. My name, as I said, was Paul Hellyer. I'm a former Minister of National Defense for Canada. I served in three governments during a total of 23 and a half years as a member of Parliament. Although as Minister of National Defense, uh, I had sighting reports uh, of UFOs, uh, 
I was too busy to be concerned about them at the time because I was trying to unify the Army, Navy, and Air Force into a single Canadian Defence Force, and that itself was a kind of uh, battle to the finish. So um, this was not high on my agenda. But about 10 years ago, I started getting interested uh, due to a young man from Ottawa sending me material on the subject. I told him I was too busy to read it, but he had confidence that someday I would. He sent me a copy of um, Colonel Corso's book, The Day After Roswell. It took me a while to get around to reading it, but I took it uh, for my summer reading in 2005 and uh, was really impressed with what was contained in it. And what I thought to myself is there are huge issues here, huge issues. And the American people and the people of the world have a right to know what's going on. Because they're part of it. It's not just an isolated thing. And so after confirming the contents of the book with a retired uh, United States Air Force general, I accept the invitation of Victor Vigiani, uh, who's over here somewhere, and his uh, cohort, uh, Mike Bird, to speak to a symposium at the University of Toronto. And uh, I said, UFOs are as real as the airplanes flying overhead. That gave me the dubious distinction of being the first person of cabinet rank in the G8 group of countries uh, to say so unequivocally. So you can see it's a pretty big deal here. I mean, this isn't just, you know, Joe Schmo over here saying this. He just said something. I mean, he was the first person to ever do this at that rank. So, again, this is just the tip of the iceberg of what we're covering today, too. And I've learned a lot from many sources, including a number of the fantastic witnesses that we have heard these last four days. So they're so outstanding. I was just really blown away with them, uh, the amount of information that was available. And I appreciate uh, every single one of them. But because I'm not a ufologist, um, I'm a politician, there are only a few things that I want to add in that particular realm. First is that about uh, in the 1960s sometime, there was a flotilla of UFOs headed south that crossed into NATO territory in Europe. And uh, the commander-in-chief of uh, the Supreme Allied, Allied uh, Headquarters in Europe uh, was naturally very shaken. Uh, fortunately, or maybe divine providence, before um, the panic button was pushed, the flotilla turned around and headed back north. Uh, obviously, they had thought maybe they were Russian and they were very concerned about it. Anyway, uh, the investigation was launched into this whole subject, and uh, a document was prepared which uh, concluded that at least four species had been visiting Earth for thousands of years. And this is my own uh, view at this stage as well. So, except for that, there are just a couple of um, things that we've talked about that I'd like to refer to. 
And one was that we were referring to them as they until this morning when Linda Bolton Howe, I think she was the first one, actually named three different species. I have brought my uh, latest book uh, called Light at the End of the Tunnel, The Survival Plan for the Human Species, as an aid memoir. And uh, I named five different uh, species here. I'm aware of uh, more now. As a matter of fact, I saw a document uh, just a few days ago that mentioned 20. Uh, and I think you, Mr. Chairman, were interested in some of the places they might come from. And I have in here Zeta Reticuli, R-E-T-I-C-U-L-I, Reticuli, the Pleiades, Orion, and Romita, and the Altair star systems. So uh, I don't think we can any more refer them to them as they because they're not an amorphous mass. They are different species and consequently may have different agendas. I don't think we can say that they all have the agenda, same agenda any more than we could say that the United States, uh, China, and, uh, and Russia had the same agenda. Our real interests may be very similar, but as of now, our perceived interests are still uh, quite far apart. One more observation before I begin what I want to say. And that now, let me stop here, because it gets into the whole interest of the different and various and sundry Alien groups, okay? Um, this is the whole classic good cop versus bad cop alien argument where you have the Nordics that appears blonde hair, blue eye, totally perfect in every way, will appear to people and they're the good guys. They're the ones that are helping, wanting to help us go to our, our next step on the whole evolutionary rung, which obviously plays right into the whole Charles Darwin garbage, so you know they're just straight from the pit of hell. And then you get into the whole ancient astronaut theory, which is another thing they'll typically tell people that are abducted or during channelings or telepathy or whatever, um, where they will tell us that, you know, they came here millions of years ago, where their little science project, they seeded the Earth with humanity, and we um, are their little creations, or they seeded Earth with human life or life forms that eventually evolved into what we are today. And again, then you can get into the whole evolutionary thing with Charles Darwin, so it fits nicely into that whole wrapper of um, evolution. And they'll, they'll say, well, this particular type of alien is a good guy, They've worked with us. And then this type, now they're the bad guys. They've got a bad agenda. So I would surmise that when this supposed disclosure does happen, most likely that's going to be part of the package. I believe it will be after much trauma um, in the world, probably World War III, pandemics, plagues, tidal waves, you name it. A lot of people have already died. Maximum trauma and then people are going to be at maximum desperation level, wanting some type of savior that will just make it all go away. And when disclosure happens, most likely with these mass UFO armadas, which, whether they're holographic, whether they're real, whatever, um, and we've seen this scenario played out so many times in so many Hollywood movies and you know TV shows and these types of things, 
that when that all ends up going down, um, these ascended masters who will claim to be kind of like the leaders of the good races of aliens, the supposedly good races, each one of them probably may be representing a different type of the good race, um, will present themselves to humanity and say, listen, here's the deal. Here's what your real history was, because they're going to rewrite it. They're going to show us how what we believe about Jesus Christ on the cross is a total lie. They've been That's been very um, well talked about from these supposed ascended masters and aliens. They're going to rewrite Christianity totally, try to. They're going to do everything they can do to destroy your faith in the word of God. That's going to be one of their main agendas, because that's their only real foe on planet Earth. I mean... Born-again Bible-believing Christians in the Word of God. I mean, obviously, God, His angels, I'm talking about as far as from a human uh, interaction standpoint. They're going to be fixated on destroying the true Christian faith. Not lukewarm, not like whatever, watered down. The true Christian faith. It's one of the main things they've, they've, they're going to be focused in on. And they're going to say, listen, uh, we're actually your gods. We created you. You've messed things up so bad, we finally had to come back. And reveal ourselves to you so that you can go to your next evolutionary step on the whole uh, wheel of life uh, evolutionary thing. We're going to take you from the age of Pisces, which was dominated by who they term as Master Jesus, who they'll say is one of them. And guess what? He'll be right next to him. And it looks just like that guy in all the pictures that Michelangelo gave us and the Catholic Church gave us who they call Esau, Sananda, Emmanuel, or Master Jesus. He's just one of the ascended masters, and he's one of the lower ones. They're like, listen, you got his teachings all messed up. We're a group here. He's one of the lesser ascended masters. You have just messed everything up. We're here to straighten you out. We're going to show you what really happened in history, and they're literally going to have, like, holographic... um, projections of what supposedly happened at the cross to try to rewrite because obviously the cross of Christ is the most pivotal event in the Bible <laughs> you know it's the whole thing upon which we base our salvation on as a born again Christian they're going to be fixated on that and they're not going to worry about Buddha or Hinduism or any of this other garbage okay they've they're already in Satan's camp okay this is the way I see it playing out. Okay, I'm not saying it's going to exactly play out this way, but I'm seeing that this could definitely be a likely scenario. I mean, if I was Satan, this is probably how I would work it. He's probably got things uh, that he's going to do that are I don't even know about, much more clever than anything I could even envision at this point. I'm just trying to give you like a... Uh, Oh, I don't know, maybe a skeletonized cliff note version of the way I believe it might go down. And then they come and they, they promise us all this technology, and they're going to reveal also, and this is really going to play out the good cop, bad cop whole scenario. Not only at some point are they going to say, yes, there's an evil alien agenda that we're fighting against, and this is another reason we had to make our big appearance right now, because we, we know that if we wait any longer, we might not be able to protect you from them. We have to make an open showing. We have to openly, overtly come here to protect you. Because they're getting so powerful that in, we, can't, we can't hide in the shadows anymore. Okay. Yes, we're, we're your creators. Yes, we're your gods. 
yes, we are these ascended masters. And they're going to point everybody to the, to the false prophet and the Antichrist. Okay? And a lot of lines, signs, and wonders and miracles to go along with all of this. And, like I said, whether these ships are real or not, but, you know, if you, ha- if you see some ship that's miles wide overhead a large city, it's pretty intimidating. Like they portray things in so many of these movies. District 9, V, you could go on and on and on. And it's going to be very intimidating and people are going to be max desperation. They're going to tell us exactly what humanity collectively wants to hear. There's going to be a lot of devils and demons unseen working with them that are also going to be brainwashing people. The uh, Maitreya talks about that when he makes his his appearance, it's called the Day of Declaration, when everyone will hear him telepathically in their own language worldwide, and will have this overwhelming peace overcome them. And there'll be holographic projections in the skies of these particular awaited saviors of different religions over different geographical areas. The same Savior you might have thought you were waiting for. Kind of like a second coming. This is what Maitreya claims to be. Whether he's the one that's the Antichrist or the false prophet, I would say he'd be much, a, a more likely candidate to be um, the Antichrist. But I think he's going to play a part in it. He says he's one of these ascended masters. He says he's everything rolled up into one. The fifth Buddha, which is what the Buddhists await. He says he is the Krishna which is what the Hindus await, their awaited Savior. He says he's the Imam Mahdi, is what the Muslims are waiting for, their awaited Savior. He says he's the Christ to the Christians, and he's the Messiah to the Jews. Everything all the five major religions in the world are waiting for. He says he's that all rolled up into one package. The Maitreya, which I've done many, many teachings on. Just key in M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A. Maitreya in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. Um, like I said, I'm not, I'm not being dogmatic. He's got to be the Antichrist. He has got to be the false... I just think he's going to play a major part in some way, shape, or form. He's United Nations sponsored. He's World Goodwill, which is also United Nations sponsored. They're praying... Um, this, this day of invocation that they have once a year. They're praying for him to come and make his appearance. He's the only entity that I know of that claims to be an ascended master that has its own United Nations sponsored website of Share International. Okay, so I think he's going to figure into all this. And this is the way I see it going down in some way, shape, or form. But the whole good cop versus bad cop not only are they going to be able to say, yeah, there's these bad aliens we've got to protect you from. And this is going to be, again, on the heels of cataclysm, pandemics, World War III most likely. Start of the tribulation at this point, essentially. Not only is it going to be on the heels of all that, but then they're going to say, yeah, and you've had these really, really wicked uh, people controlling you, the Illuminati, for a long, long time. And we're here to police them as well. And this guy talks about this. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to play you all... I'm, I'm stopping at the 11 minute mark, but he goes on for about another 13 minutes and talks about this world cabal, this Illuminati, this, this basically these, these families that rule the earth and don't have 
humanity's best interests at heart, and that they're destroying the environment, and they're doing this, and these aliens are going to help us out of all that. They're going to restore the environment, they're going to give us free energy, we're going to have cures to all the diseases, and see if we could just have disclosure, we could get this ball finally rolling. But obviously the world cabal, who are dependent and totally pushing oil, and which is a big part of the whole New World Order, obviously, to control us, fossil fuel burning things. When there's free energy out there, and that technology they have suppressed, no doubt, and killed people that have tried to bring it to mainstream. Not, and again, I'm not disputing that at all. So it's not like you could say everything the guy's saying is a lie. There's some good points to be made. It's just you have to understand who's behind what. And... They're gonna. That's a big reason that they're also gonna want disclosure, and then why we would see our own government fighting for that disclosure because they're dependent upon big oil, big pharma, uh, big agra, uh, like Monsanto and these types of things, and and it's all about control. Where supposedly these benevolent benevolent aliens are gonna come and give us all this freedom and wonderful technology, and please, <laughs> you think it's bad now? <laughs> Wait till you see what they got in store. You know, so kind of funny that all these shows like V and all of these other ones, when we ever, whenever we give into the aliens, it's, it's kind of funny because it always ends by, by us, uh, us being the ones that wind up on the dinner plate. You know, that's, you know, that's just the only trade off. You know, we, we wind up on their dinner plate. No, no big deal. But that's how Hollywood always portrays it. Okay. It's funny too, because the Bible talks about, you know, in Genesis 6, where Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. These fallen angels that came down, procreated with women, and brought forth a race of giants. You know, we have that scenario. And this is how that figures into the end times. And we're going to get a little more into that. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. So I'm going to let this guy talk a little bit more, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Is that we spent quite a bit of time talking about the 66-year-old cadavers. And I was glad to have Linda this morning finally say that there are live ETs on Earth at this present time. And um, at least two of them probably working with the United States government. I, the seventh, the other species that I learned about uh, not too long ago, was called the Tall Whites. And uh, this is when Paula Harris uh, broke the story just a few years ago. And through her good offices, I had the chance to talk for about three hours with former airman Charles Hall and uh, listen to this absolutely fascinating story of uh, how he was working with, first of all, he was scared out of his skin, but after that when he got to know them, how he was working with, and finally they became to trust each other and have a good working relationship with the tall whites at the gunnery range at Indian Springs in Nevada. And these tall whites were living on United States Air Force property and working in cooperation with the United States Air Force and sharing technology with them. He wrote a book, incidentally, called Millennial Hospitality, there are four different versions, but uh, Paula says that uh, Millennial Hospitality uh, number two 
is the best. I think that's the one I read, and it's a, it's a very interesting read. If you want to sort of get inside the, the problem of what it's like to bump into these people floating across the, uh, the terrain in the, in the desert. <coughs> Enough on that for now. My interest is in full disclosure. And uh, I just, my only caveat is, I think I would say 95 to 98% full disclosure. I know of one or two things that I'm not sure should be in the public domain, at least yet. They will be someday, I'm sure, but not maybe immediately. But just as children survive uh, the idea of the a tooth fairy and Santa Claus when they become adult, I think that taxpaying citizens are quite capable of accepting the new and broader reality that we live in a cosmos teeming with life of various sorts. The fact that some other civilizations are more advanced than we are may be humbling, but that could be a necessary step in our survival. See, ultimately, this guy's drank enough of the whole alien Kool-Aid to come to the conclusion that only through disclosure will our benevolent alien benefactors help us survive. And look at all these movies that are coming out all the time. I mean, just the, the ones, the, the two, the one with Tom Cruise, whatever that one was that just came out, where, like, the world was just about extinct. And then the one now Will Smith's going to be releasing, same thing, comes back like, I don't know, a thousand years from now and the world's like taken over with predatory animals, there's no humans or whatever. And that's what they're trying to beat into our head and these are our awaited saviors. And unless we give in to these supposed saviors, the world's going to end up that way. And again, it's all by design. The world is an unholy mess. We have it best until the end of this decade. In my book, I said we have 10 years to stop global warming if we don't want it to be beyond the point of no return. Two years has gone past. So evidently he's, he's drank the whole Al Gore Kool-Aid as well with global warming, which is a total bunch of garbage. And that's been debunked every <laughs> so many different ways. But, again, I'm not saying there's not bad stuff that's been done to the environment, okay? But that whole Al Gore agenda is garbage, Okay. And he's bought into that. And again, when you have when you create problems on this scale, only somebody like some outside alien type influence can be the actual solution. That's what I, I think what they're trying to say here. Since it was written, so I say we have until the end of the decade to arrest global warming. Yet our leaders don't even talk about it very much, except in a superficial way. They appear to be more interested in starting wars to control more oil and, in effect, prolong the gravity of the threat. Of course, even if they took the problem seriously, they wouldn't have the finances to finance the transition from oil to the clean economy, to the clean energy, because we have an infinitely silly banking and financial system in the Western world. The United States Congress, I regret to say, is partly responsible, and I'd be glad to uh, elaborate on that later if you're interested. And finally, they need the technology for clean energy. It exists. 
and is being kept secret by the same vested interests who control our destiny. Who are these vested interests, and what are they up to? Well, Senator, you were talking about a military junta. In my opinion, that is true, but I have broadened and deepened the definition uh, to cabal, and the cabal comprises members of the Three Sisters, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Bilderbergers, and the Trilateral Commission, the International Banking Cartel, the Oil Cartel, members of various intelligence organizations, and select members of the military unit, who together have become a shadow government of not only the United States, but of much of the Western world. Okay, so I'm stopping there. He goes on to elaborate more on those things. Uh, we've discussed a lot of that in times past. But again, he's portraying them as the bad guys and the aliens, obviously, as the good guys. And nothing could be further from the truth. Granted, yes, they're bad guys, but <laughs> the aliens are not our buddies, okay? It's like saying Satan's our buddy, you know, which is essentially Satan's behind this whole agenda. So, again, I think a lot of people... I really think this has to do, not to say God hasn't been sending strong delusion, like the Bible talks about in 2 Thessalonians 2, which is in reference to this exact time frame we're living in. But the strong delusion, the real strong delusion, is really yet to come. And I really think this may be the absolute spear tip of that strong delusion. I don't see a, I don't see a, a more a better scenario to deceive the masses than this one. I, I, I just can't think of a subject I've ever talked about that would have more of a cataclysmic impact on people's thinkings, their paradigms, their belief systems, than this one. Because they've already said, when we make our big debut, we're going to show you the real truth. We're going to show you how you messed up history. We're going to show you how you messed up your supposed holy books, particularly the Bible. I see no greater deception, potentially, than this one. That's why I've keyed on this for a lot of the teachings I've done, because it is that important. And there's very, unfortunately, there's very few mainline preachers that, that are going to get into the subject, um, because, you know, they don't want to be labeled, because they think it's conspiracy theory, whatever. So, next report. Now, we're going to build on this first report. And it's entitled, ETs are here and the White House knows it, says actual former U.S. Senator. These aren't, again, these are pretty big wigs that are coming forward now. This is a former U.S. Senator. Guy was Canadian Foreign Minister of Defense. The last guy. This starts out by saying the whole alien conspiracy thing turns out it's all true. Extraterrestrials have visited Earth. At least that's what Mike Gravel says. And he's a former Senator from Alaska. The White House has helped keep the truth about the extraterrestrial influence that it is investigating our planet from the public. He says it goes right to the White House, meaning right to the top, the cover-up. Gravel revealed this this week from Washington. Here he is speaking um, with MSNBC about this. Mainstream news report here. <laughs> uh, you didn't see this before. MSNBC? 
they're giving this guy press? Yeah. Um, he was actually at the citizens' hearing on disclosure um, that we were just listening to. Okay, He was a paid speaker there. Gravel is one of six former uh, congressional representatives who were paid 20 grand by the UFO Citizen Advocacy Group, Paradigm Research, to participate in a congressional-style citizen hearing on disclosure in Washington this week. And that's what we just heard from. That's what we were just hearing from, from that man. Uh, where witnesses, where witness after witness has presented first-hand accounts of UFO sightings and extraterrestrial visits. Gravel says the strongest accounts of alien encounters are from former military officers such as retired Air Force Captain Robert Salas, who testified that UFOs temporarily disabled nuclear weapons on his watch. Again, we're dealing with some really, really high up people here. You know? Retired Air Force Captains, Senators, I mean, people very high up in politics. The smoking gun of the whole issue, which is when they which is when they saw hovering spacecraft in Wyoming and South Dakota over an ICBM missile silos, intercontinental ballistic missile, ICBM, uh, missile silos, that the missiles would not work, Gravel says. So, in other words, there's been times when nuclear-capable missiles have been disabled where these UFOs are. Gravel says the media has aided what he sees as a government cover-up by not taking reports of ET counters encounters seriously. What we're faced with here in areas of the media and the government is an effort to marginalize and ridicule people who have specific knowledge about this. I mean, this all came out like a flood this week. Next report. And again, it relates to what we just talked about. UFOs disabling nuclear missiles. Um, Now this is a different take on the same article, but um, this is from U.S. Newswire out of Washington and the Wall Street Journal ran this. I went to the Wall Street Journal's page where I got this information. Okay, so when you got MSNBC, Wall Street Journal... Congressional-style hearings with former senators, former ministers of defense, all kind of bigwigs up in the uh, Air Force and these types of things. I haven't seen these types of credentials regarding this disclosure movement. I, I mean, this is we're really at a whole other level here than we've ever been with the subject. The following was released today by Robert Hastings. In an interview with ABC News... Last Friday, former U.S. Senator Mike Gravel of Alaska said statements by the U.S. Air Force nuclear missile launch officers regarding mysterious aerial objects interfering with the functionality of American ICBMs make clear that top government officials are lying to the public when they claim to have no knowledge of national security-related UFO incidents. Now, supposedly, the aliens don't like all the nukes we possess because they know that what it does to the environment. And because they care so much about us and they're so benevolent and wonderful, they're trying to stop potential nuclear conflicts. They're trying to stop potential use of nuclear 
things like this because of the potential for radioactive melt- meltdown leaks, the Fukushima thing that just happened. So see, they are they're they're here for our 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 benevolent uh, protection is is the what they're trying to the the message they're trying to send. So Gravel first gained national recognition in 1971 by placing the still classified Pentagon Papers which documented U.S. governmental malfeasance during the Vietnam War, into public record. Gravel said the revelations by former retired captains Robert Salas, Bruce Feinstermacher, and David Shinadel, as well as retired security police Sergeant David Scott, are, quote, the smoking gun of the whole issue of government secrecy on UFOs. On September 27, 2010, Captain Salas co-hosted the, quote, UFOs and Nukes press conference with noted researcher Robert Hastings, during which seven uh, United States Air Force veterans revealed ongoing new activity at U.S. nuclear weapons sites during the Cold War era. People that are very, very credible, okay? Uh, The media event was extensively and favorably covered by hundreds of news organizations worldwide, including CNN, which stream the proceedings live. So we're getting way more mainstream news coverage, which is another thing to heavily pay attention to. Uh, the full-length video of the press conference appears, and there's a link there if you're interested in that. This next report, CIA official breaks silence on extraterrestrials. Uh, now here we see a picture of uh, Richard Dolan talking with this anonymous CIA Official um, at an anonymous location. It was the first time the official disclo- the, this official disclosed his knowledge of extraterrestrials. Now I listened to the interview. It's kind of hard to listen to because the guy can barely speak above a whisper. He's not probably going to live more than a few months. I guess he's got kidney disease or something, and this is a big reason he's coming out with this because he's been threatened before, but now he knows he's going to die. So he figures I'm just going to come out and release this. I give you a link to the interview if you want to hear it. In a gripping testimonial, an alien former member of the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, has talked via video for the first time publicly about his experience dealing with extraterrestrials, their craft, and a cover-up. The 15-minute pre-recorded video of an anonymous former senior CIA officer was broadcast May 3rd on the final day of the week-long citizen hearing on disclosure. The 77-year-old man, though he was articulate and sitting up as he spoke, was obviously in a poor state of health. He worked for the CIA under President Dwight D. Eisenhower in 1958 and had chosen to break his long-held silence as he approached the end of his life. The organizer of the citizen hearing, Steve Bassett, introduced the video saying it offered an insight into the suffering of many military and government officials who are forced to live in a world of secrecy and in fear of what he calls the truth embargo about the extraterrestrial encounters. This gentleman has received numerous threats from his government not to talk, but he wanted his testimony to be presented, and we agreed. He has only been interviewed by two researchers who are here today, uh, Linda Moulton Howe and Richard Dolan. After the screening, Linda Moulton Howe authenticated the former CIA officials' credentials and his account, telling the hearing she had spent three days with him in which she had recorded 11 90-minute audio tapes in 1994. She said on her return to her home after the three days, she had received a phone call from him saying he and his wife had been threatened with retaliation if they went public 
and she could not release these tapes. Richard Dolan, who is visible in the video, also authenticated the man's position. The former CIA official has been involved with the United States Air Force Project Blue Book uh, study of UFOs, which was initiated soon after the crash of a large object at Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. Um, here we have an article entitled Eisenhower threatened to invade Area 51. Former U.S. Congress members hear their testimony. This is all coming out just now. This is heavy-duty stuff here. In a sensational testimony submitted on the final day of the Citizens Hearing on UFO Disclosure, which is the conference we're just talking about here, six former members of the United States Congress heard from a former CIA agent about an incident involving President Eisenhower and extraterrestrials. In a video testimony played today before the retired U.S. Congress members, the agent alleged, alleged that President Eisenhower sought to gain information from a secret control group called MJ-12 about alien-related projects at a facility near Area 51 called S-4. Okay, now if you've studied Area 51, S-4 is even the more top secret place of Area 51. It's southwest of the Area 51 base in a region known as Papoose Lake. It's a dried lake bed. And um, it's where supposedly they keep a lot of the actual craft built back into the mountains and at the lower levels they have a lot of alien bodies in cold storage. From the accounts I've seen, that's what they say about it. Okay, so um, these are uh, both Area 51 and S-4 located in a remote region of Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada. When denied the requested information, President Eisenhower allegedly authorized a personal message that the agent and his immediate superior would deliver to those in charge of Area 51 and S-4. The message was a direct threat from the president that he would authorize a military invasion of Area 51 and S-4 if his request for information was not carried out. He wanted to know what was going on at S-4 and Area 51. He's the president of the United States, right? The former CIA agent is currently age 77 and suffering from acute kidney problems and has only several months to live. This is the guy we, in the last interview that we just talked about. A 15-minute segment was played out of a longer interview where he went on public record about how he was recruited by a senior CIA operative located out of Langley, Virginia to work with the CIA on the issue of extraterrestrial life. So all of this stuff's coming out like this week. <laughs> really, really, really heavy-duty stuff here. Unfortunately, my computer's not working, but I'm um, trying to get going here. Um, my report that I did regarding, now we're getting into the subject of potentially what we talked about before, the Grenada Treaty. Uh, I did a study called Strong Delusion, ETs, Aliens, UFOs, Nephilim, Project Blue Beam, and the Grenada Treaty. Okay, which we'll talk a little bit more about in a second. And... Um, Matthew 24, 38, and Luke 17, 26 says, As it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So what, what is the significance of this statement, and how does it relate to the Nephilim UFO and or alien agenda? This is what we're talking about in this teaching here. And I give you a link to it um, in the study here. We're, we've only got about eight pages in the study today. So it's going to be a really short study compared to a lot of them, but 
a lot of the things I really thought that needed to be covered. And we get into the whole Genesis 6 thing and things that were said in Genesis 3 and how that relates to the whole alien thing. Again, I've recovered, I've covered this ground so many times that I just can't recover it again. But all of the information to get a broad view on the subject is present in this particular teaching. There was also a DVD called Exposing the Strong Delusion put out by a man named Dr. Patrick Henry. And he spoke, he did a tour of the Prophecy Club. I did a tour of the Prophecy Club. Uh, mine was on the avion flu. And on the picture here, you see an alien shaking the hand of um, Harry Truman. I, I think it's a Photoshop here. But it's, it's to emphasize that most likely this Grenada Treaty did take place. And it was after this that not only did our um, technology in America particularly America and worldwide, start to explode. But it was also around the same time when mass abductions started taking place. Because when you make a deal with the devil, he's always going to require much more than you're going to want to give. Of course, people, politicians in high places could care less about the populace. And again, I said this before, you've got like right now approaching one million per year in America just disappearing, according to the FBI's own statistics. Okay? And where are all these people going? Where are all these people ending up? I mean, uh, what? And I've done, you know, listen to the teachings I've got. I've done a lot of studies on this. And uh, you draw your own conclusion, but you can actually watch this whole presentation of this DVD. It's like over two hours long. I give you a link. I found it on YouTube. They keep taking mine down on the Avion flu, but a lot of the other ones are up there. Um, good old Prophecy Club always wanting to ration the bullets. Uh, not wanting people to, you know, whatever, have to pay for a DVD or whatever. Anyway, so, a detailed description of this DVD, Dr. Patrick Murray shows you, the same sons of God of Genesis 6 will once again cause a strong delusion. And this is what this is all about, what we're talking about today here. It began when a UFO spacecraft crashed in Roswell, New Mexico. Dr. Murray will expose the top-secret treaty known as the Grenada Treaty that Harry Truman signed at Moroc Army Air Force Base via the Eisenhower administration, exchanging high technology for rights. Well, it was the rights of the people that they were going to abduct, essentially. Okay? And um, my teaching I just posted before this, we'll get into that in depth as well. So I think if you watch this video and then you listen to my teaching on the Grenada Treaty, you're going to have a pretty good idea of why things are the way they are today. And then it goes on to say these, these um, fallen angels will deceive and briefly rule the world, pointing to the Antichrist as the answer to the earth's problems. All who have not are already received Jesus Christ as Lord will most likely believe the lie and be damned. God is sending a strong delusion for the last days, as he predicted in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Be prepared or risk the great falling away. And so that was a brief description of his video. So if you want to hear that, you can do that. Um, next report. Alien-human exchange program is real. Consultant Bill Ryan, retired U.S. military intelligence officer, 
Richard Doty, and author Whitley Strieber all discussed Project Serpo, an alleged secret exchange program of 12 military personnel to Serpo, which is a planet of Zeta Reticuli, between the years of 1965 and 1978. Ryan explained that he was a participant in a private UFOlogy email forum, and that in early November of 2005, an anonymous contributor began revealing information about the Serpo project, which Ryan has subsequently chronicled on his website, serpo.org. Two other sources have also come forward, and all three are supposedly retired employees of the Defense Intelligence Agency, said Ryan, who added there is a total of 3,000 pages of information on the project that is being released in installments. And I give you a link to watch this if you would like. A lot of what I'm giving you today, although it's going to be a very short period, there's a lot I gave you if you want to go and watch these videos I'm posting. But it's just not practical for me to play them during a thing and comment because obviously time constraints. Um, Next report, the citizen hearing on alien disclosure, which is what we've been talking about here. A description of this event reads, The citizen hearing on disclosure, which was held in Washington, D.C. from April 29th to May 3rd, 2013, which again, just happened, will prove to be one of the most important events in the 21st century. I can see, hopefully you can see by what I've just covered, which isn't even the whole seminar, obviously, yes, this is a really big deal. Um... Uh, Going forward here, uh, it will be remembered as a milestone in educating the public on extraterrestrial life and secret technologies in space and energy. I really do think this could be a really pivotal, 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 a pivotal time regarding this whole thing. This could really be a tipping point here toward this. Uh, I've never seen so many overt things and so many high-level people coming out. Uh, regarding the subject. The original Disclosure product was the forerunner to the Citizen Hearing on Disclosure and was founded by Dr. Stephen Greer. Quoting from the Disclosure Project website, we read, The Disclosure Project is a research project working to fully disclose the facts about UFOs, extraterrestrial intelligence, and classified advanced emergency and propulsion systems. We have over 500, 500 government military, and intelligence community witnesses testifying to their direct, personal, first-hand experience with UFOs, ETs, ET technology, and the cover-up that keeps this information secret. 500 government, military, intelligence community witnesses. And the, and the list just keeps growing. This isn't going away, okay? This is only, this is going to have to, something's going to have to give at some point regarding the subject. What I've been saying for years. Captain Robert Salas testifies um, and then describes a series of incidents that he witnessed both firsthand and he's contributed to study where the U.S. nuclear capabilities were disarmed and compromised in conjunction with sightings of UFOs and unexplained phenomenon in the vicinity of these bases. Here, let's just listen to this very quick two-minute clip of Stephen Greer, who is the head of this... um, Disclosure project, and and really at the uh, at the spear tip here, Stephen Greer. Let's just hear him talk for a couple minutes about this particular subject. Okay, this just happened. This was at April 29th at the whole dis- uh, this citizen conference on disclosure. He was one of the many witnesses, and um, let's just hear what he has to say. Let me make sure I got this turned up here. 
So why are we still using oil, is what he's saying here. It's a little bit, not the greatest sound quality, but that's what he's talking about. And, and coal and nuclear power, because there has been an active longitudinal, long-term suppression of really advanced sciences and technologies. There are 5,135 patents that have been seized under the National Security Act. And, and I think that this has created both a geopolitical emergency and a geophysical emergency. Okay, so he's talking about over 5,000 patents that have been seized by our benevolent government, which could have probably given us free energy, got us off coal, got us off oil, made us energy independent, probably have all kind of cures for every disease you can imagine. And again, I'm not disputing that at all. Not even a little bit. But what they're going to do is point to the benevolent aliens as the ones that are trying so desperately to, to, to give humanity these wonderful things. And it's the big bad government cabal. They're the only bad guys. When the reality is, is the aliens are going to be, their, their supposed agenda is going to be even far worse than we've ever known it to be up to this date. So this is where guys like this are totally deceived. And we're going to talk a little bit more about good old Dr. Stephen Greer in, in a minute. And he's right. He's right. With zero-point energy, he's absolutely right. I just don't want it if it has to come from Satan. So, because there has been active uh, suppression of this information, as Mr. Chin re reported, uh, there are people on my team who have been threatened. Uh, there is a man working on one of these devices for my group. We provided some grant funding. And uh, about two, two or three years ago, a former CIA director, who I don't want to talk about, the group of people went down there and threatened him and his wife if he didn't stop. So this is a man who's... I mean, they kill you. I mean, Big Oil will come along and say, listen, you either sell us this or you stop what you're doing or we kill you. You die. And they've got a trail of bodies like you wouldn't believe just on this one subject alone with, with like free energy or cars that run off water, stuff like that. All this stuff's been invented. It's just all being suppressed. Attached to it and does contract work for the CIA. The part of the technology that deals with energy generation uh, should come out and, and has also been suppressed for reasons mainly of macroeconomic stability because, as you know, part of the national security discussion has always been these would be highly disruptive technologies, to which I say, well, good, you want to be disrupted now or later when we go through a terminus with the environment melting down around us. We have got to make these hard decisions. In the French government, we've had discussions about this. They know that some of these objects are extraterrestrial origin. They know that some of them are man-made. And the Lockheed Stump Works, and some of my witnesses and sources work in this, the famous Stump Works. Uh, and I, uh, I will tell you that Ben Rich, who headed up the Lockheed Stump Works, said before he died, and we have a, a witness to this comment, that we, quote, already have the technologies to take E.T. home. In other words, we already have the Stump Works interstellar capable technologies. So he's saying Skunk Works already has capability of interstellar travel that's just being suppressed. And again, with Skunk Works, it's where they, they it's a big mass breeding of skunks. They breed skunks there, and, and it's a massive, they breed only the finest skunks. 
but it, it's kind of what they do. And they make all this advanced technology stuff on the side. You know, anyway, I just made that part up. But anyway, so yeah, they're, uh, this is what we're talking about. That's Dr. Good Old Dr. Stephen Greer, who we're going to be talking about a little bit more in a second. Now, at this point in the study, in the PDF, I posted my six-part teaching entitled Satan's Agenda for Disclosure, First Contact, where I got into several different aspects of what we're talking about here today. Six parts. I also had two different PDFs for this teaching. It was actually went over the course of two different weeks. So I gave you all the uh, links for that, which, again, this, this one PDF alone could keep you probably busy for like a whole month. The next report is entitled Galactic Diplomacy, Getting to Yes with E.T. It's Dr. Michael Salia. I've been on their email list for a long time. Uh, They're pushing heavily, heavily, heavily for this disclosure to happen. They're obsessed with it. And all these guys are typically New Agers, and I just kind of monitor them to see what they're up to. Well, this is evidently a new book that's been released by, I believe, Dr. Salia. And uh, Galactic, it's called Galactic Diplomacy. Galactic Diplomacy is a new book that introduces first-hand witnesses and whistleblower testimonies revealing that the USA, Britain, Russia, and other major national governments have been secretly conducting or known about diplomatic relations with different extraterrestrial civilizations since at least 1952. These testimonies reveal that... Uh, Galactic, displo- galactic diplomacy or exo diplomacy with new, with extraterrestrial visitors began with discussions over the development of thermonuclear weapons, the first of which was detonated by the Truman administration in November of 1952. So again, so much of what it seems like these supposed aliens are concerned with comes down to nuclear weapons and nuclear power. Continuing... Uh, diplomatic discussions then expanded to include issues such as technology development, alien bases, extraterrestrials living among living on Earth, human rights, and the use of Earth resources. In frustration over lack of government transparency with their citizens, some extraterrestrials began to conduct contacting private citizens to inform them of the true nature of the alien activities on Earth and diplomatic relations with governments. Okay, so this has been going on for a long time, evidently. Extraterrestrial life has been discovered, and senior national security officials have been reticent to disclose this fact not only to their citizens, but to most elected representatives. While the traditional approach among UFO researchers has been to accumulate further evidence to indisputably prove the existence of UFOs and the extraterrestrial hypothesis, after seven decades of officially sanctioned deception, Such an approach is no longer suitable. The information age makes available the evidence of visiting extraterrestrial life at any computer terminal around the world. A new approach to the massive evidentiary pool is necessary. Galactic Diplomacy, this book, prepares the reader for the fact that technologically advanced extraterrestrial life exists and has been visiting our planet since at least the 1940s. This fact has been kept secret by a careful orchestrated set of policies developed by national security officials with historic support of a small select group of elected governmental representatives. These policies are implemented in highly classified, compartmentalized programs with strict need-to-know security provisions in place. This means that the vast majority of the government, military, and corporate officials are simply out of the loop 
on the extraterrestrial issue. Not only how select governmental authorities deceive their citizens and peers about extraterrestrial life, but major governments led by the U.S. have secretly entered into direct diplomatic relations with extraterrestrial life. Most disturbing is the evidence that some major governments, principally the U.S. government, have entered into secret agreements with um, some extraterrestrial groups that have a de facto and then have an actual de facto treaty status between them. Now, treaties will always trump whatever law that we potentially might have in place in a particular country. So they're saying the, the treaties with the aliens would supersede the Constitution and, you know, these types of things. Um, Bill of Rights, that type of stuff. So, some of these agreements concern the acquisition and development of extraterrestrial technology and their advanced knowledge found around the world or in outer space. And again, we just cited this whole Grenada Treaty thing, which is also part of what they're talking about here. Galactic diplomacy, which I use as a synonym for exo-diplomacy, is currently a highly classified national security program where a select group of authorized government, military, and corporate officials are secretly meeting to discuss extraterrestrial life and technology. In some cases, these officials are communicating directly with representatives of extraterrestrial civilizations. So, again, I just got that email this week. It's just like one thing after another after another, confirming I really needed to touch upon this particular subject because I have no idea how imminent this may be. Again... This might not happen for years. I don't know. But, man, <laughs> they're sure posturing for it to happen a lot quicker than that. Uh, now, I also, at this point, posted several other teachings I've done, separate from the ones I've already listed. So, again, this one PDF could have you busy for, like, if you're not familiar with these informations, or maybe you want to go revisit some of these teachings. This could have you busy for, like, the next month, all the teachings I'm posting. Um the one, the first one, Preparation for Alien UFO Deception in High Gear, Part 1. Just table of contents on that one. Just for Part 1. Vatican preparing 1.1 billion followers for alien deception. I, I already talked about that not too long ago when that, that teaching I did. Um, probably six weeks ago. Uh, next point. Director of the Institute of Applied Astronomy is convinced extraterrestrial life exists and will be in contact soon. UFO next point, UFOlogy, which is the world's fastest growing, quote, scientific religion. UFOlogy? Yes, it's an actual religion that is growing. And the guys like Stephen Greer are at the spear tip. I mean, think about it. This goes mainstream. All the religions of the world are going to be called into question. Every one of them. Well, how are we going to have a one world religion under Antichrist and false prophet if it's not a unified thought pattern? Can't just be all Buddhism, that's for sure. No, it's it's going to have to be a... I do believe to a certain extent it will be an amalgamation of all false religions on the planet. True, no, no doubt. But I think that the backbone of it, as I said, is going to be witchcraft, but it's also going to be having something to do with this whole UFO realm. Because they're going to appear as our awaited saviors. Our creators, essentially, according to the ancient astronaut theory. Well, if they're our creators, then they're the ones that would determine what our religious beliefs should be, right? Absolutely. So I could see why UFOlogy, or let's say UFOism, could be the world's fastest growing religion. And then the, the next one, Farrakhan, Louis Farrakhan, Nation of Islam's linked to UFOs. 
He's claimed that he was taken aboard the mothership, Farrakhan. So again, the the Islamics are going to have to get on board too. Uh, there's a part two, part three um, of this study. Table of contents for part three. Scientists urge the United Nations to prepare for alien invasion. Uh, then the V, the original miniseries, NBC, narrated recap. That was the whole thing by itself, the whole V series, where we're what's for dinner. Um, and anyway, then the next one, the ghastly truth about the days of Noah. And then part four, um, so that's a four-part teaching. And then the end-time current event teaching I did on 2611, where we talk about UFOs, all kind of things there, and are extraterrestrials living in China and in the U.S., essentially among us. And world business leaders, including Bill Clinton and Tony Blair, discuss UFOs and extraterrestrial life at a GCF 2011 conference. So this is going on all the time, all kind of stuff. I mean, if this is the first study I'd ever done on this, it'd be one thing, but my, I have got so much that we've done on this in the past, um, all pointing in the same direction here. Incredible end time. Uh, delusion coming at us here. The next study I did is entitled Vatican Easing Humanity Toward Alien Disclosure. Uh, Vatican Chief Astronomer Father Jose Gabriel Funes in a long interview with the El Observatorio Romano newspaper this week made made news by saying, quote, just as we consider earthly creatures as a brother and a sister, why should we not talk about an extraterrestrial brother? Now this is the Vatican setting us up for this. The statements by Thunes are the latest in a string of deceit of recent comments by the Vatican astronomers confirming a belief that discovery may be made in the near future of alien life. In asking whether little green men might be guilty of original sin, the Catholic theologian astronomers don't blink. Uh, Father Thunes said he was sure that if aliens needed redemption, they, in some way, would have the chance to enjoy God's mercy. Oh, isn't that special? Isn't that special? Because, you know, Jesus came here to die for, you know, Nephilim hybrid devils, just like he did for us, humanity, right? No, it doesn't work that way. Uh, Vatican astronomer Guy Cosmangio was more explicit, saying, quote, There's no problem in getting the Son of God to every planet with E.T. Because, as Christians accept every Sunday during the Holy Eucharist, Christ is truly physically present in a million places across the universe, essentially, and sacrificed a million times every day at every sacrifice of the Mass. I tell you what, I haven't heard much more of a blasphemous, evil statement than that come out of a Catholic's mouth. And this is what they believe. Every time, this is why when you walk into a Catholic church, Jesus is still on the cross because he's continually over and over again being re-sacrificed. It isn't like Jesus Christ said where he said, it is finished. He's not on the cross anymore. He's not a little baby in a manger anymore. He's not on the cross anymore like they portray him in Catholic church. He's ever seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, ever making intercession for the saints. But they like to fancy him up on that cross because they can re-sacrifice him over and over and over again. And because of that, because they supposedly believe all that garbage, then the ETs can get redemption as well because he can be sacrificed in their place as well. I mean, these are some really, really sick, deluded people here. Consul Maggio tackled the subject in a 50-page booklet entitled Intelligent Life in the Universe. Approximately seven years ago, Monsignor 
Corrado Balducci made similar uh, news when he said ETs were actually already interacting with Earth and that some of the Vatican's leaders were aware of it. Before his death, I mean, why do you think they got these these big astronomical telescopes that we just reported on weeks back? Did a whole report on all that. You know, um, they're going to be at the spear tip of this, the Vatican, with disclosure. It's no doubt, no doubt, they are going to be at the spear tip from a religious standpoint. They're going to be at the absolute spear tip. Um, Before his death in 1999, Maverick Catholic theologian uh, Malachi Martin hinted at much more. Some perceive this as a careful doctrinal unveiling over recent years in a deliberate effort by the Catholic Church officials to, quote, warm up the laity to ET disclosure. That's exactly what all of this is that we're reporting on. So that when it does happen, it won't be such a big shock. We're already going to be totally conditioned for it to happen. Um, My next report is entitled The UFO Alien Phenomenon, The Next Great Challenge for the Church. Okay? Um, Where the interest in the search for extraterrestrial life is, is a huge, mainly fueled by, is huge, mainly fueled by enormous popularity of science fiction. In this particular case, when I did this report, District 9 was the latest example. And it's deception and its depiction of alien advanced life on other planets. Exopolitics is the growing movement that believes humans should publicly, openly dialogue with extraterrestrials. Okay, continuing forward, Gavin C. wrote to Gary Bates, just been, and this was two people commenting on this, um, uh, this particular seminar, and they said, I've just been watching the European Exopolitics 2009 in Spain online, meaning they had their exopolitics, which is their whole thing to try to get disclosure going, they had a um, seminar in Spain, and you could watch it online. And these two guys were writing that Dr. Stephen Greer, the guy that we just heard speak, the guy I said who's the of uh, the disclosure pro- project, he's the head guy, <laughs> Dr. Stephen Greer is channeling aliens and encouraging everyone else to do so as well. The worrying thing is that they're answering. And he briefs the president on such issues. I just get the feeling that there is a paradigm shift happening right now in our culture. Real fast. And it's taking the church by surprise. How this all ties in with end times prophecy, I'm still processing. Now these are two Christian guys observing what's going on here. It certainly strikes me that if Christians aren't really founded firm in the word of God with a creation worldview, then they will be hoodwinked by the ETs that these entities are here to, quote, help us to our next rung on the evolutionary development ladder, even claiming to be our creators. Will this be the great falling away? And this is what they're posing to one another, these two guys that we're talking here. Here we got Stephen Greer channeling aliens like a witch channels a spirit which this is exactly what you're dealing with here. You're dealing with demonic spirits that are just housed in these containers, if you will, for let's say, arguments say gray alien, whatever. They're just devils housed in that container. Okay? And they're channeling aliens, guys like Stephen Gray, he's encouraging other people to do so. And guess what? They're answering back. And again, like I said, I've already went over their agenda and what they're telling people. So... Uh, this has an end game. This whole scenario. This isn't just like 
if things were just to keep going a hundred years from now, oh, you remember that alien thing? It just faded out and nothing ever came of it at all. This has an end game. That is not going to be what happens here. This is not going away. It's getting worse, as I've predicted it would ever since I got into ministry. And before that, I said, this is going to be one of the big things with the whole Revelation, Daniel, New Testament, on the end time uh, delusion that's coming. And uh, this is probably going to be right at the spear tip of that delusion. So, uh That's all I have for today. I'll go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day and this time you've given us. Uh, Pray that regarding this information, Lord, that we would do with it what you would have us do with it, Lord. Whatever you want us to, to, uh, whatever responsibility might be, Lord, regarding this information, to educate our friends, to not be deceived, Lord. I just pray for my listeners and for the body of Christ in general that we will not be deceived regarding what is coming. Knowing that this is going to be a big part of that deception, I pray that you give us discernment, understanding, wisdom, knowledge, divine providence, Lord, that you specifically pre-position us ahead of time where we need to be, Lord, and that for your hand of protection to be upon us, and that you would use the body of Christ mightily for your glory, and that you would save many souls as a result of what you would do uh, through the body of Christ, and that we would be able to go to those, let's say, Christians that are deceived about these things, whether it's before disclosure, Lord, or after, and help them and educate them and get them on the right path and get them back to the word of God so that they're not deceived and they're they're not destroyed for lack of knowledge, Lord. I pray you forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Scott Johnson's weekly audios are available for free 24-7 on the internet at contendingfortruth.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-D-I-N-G-F-O-R-T-R-U-T-H dot com. Please help us continue this work. To support this ministry, our mailing address is Scott Johnson, 2nd Line, 450 Conover, C-O-N-O-V-E-R, Boulevard West, Number 202, Third Line, Conover, North Carolina, 28613. Or on the internet, PayPal can be used at contendingfortruth.com. Thank you, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you.